Welcome to the Circus Voices Podcast from CircusTalk.com. I'm Book Kinnison. You're listening to See You Down the Road. True circus stories told by the artists who live them. On today's episode, Eliana Hintoff-Killian. Eliana is an aerialist and acrobat from St. Louis, Missouri. In 2012, when she was just 20 years old, Eliana signed a two-year contract with Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey, becoming one of the youngest human cannonballs in the show's history. But as we'll soon hear, Eliana got injured and wasn't able to complete the contract. Here's Eliana Hintoff Killian. I have not shot out of a cannon in six years. And I still to this day have a dream every now and again where I am in the cannon and the countdown is going and I'm not ready. And it's just like, oh my gosh, it's gonna happen. Like I have to get ready, like I have to get ready. Like and I never it's never like the shot or the landing badly or anything like that. It's like in the in the barrel, like listening to Nadia in my head going five four and i'm like i'm not ready i'm not ready (laughs) you know my my training process how it was described to me was this is what's going to happen stay tight and look at the bag and then flip over squeeze all your muscles look at the bag and then you will naturally turn over and land in the bag There's not a lot of, like, talent to it, I guess. It's just staying tight. Canon is completely mental. It's, like, all mental ability and not not really... I mean, you have to be strong, but not... You don't have to learn a lot of stuff. You just have to squeeze all your muscles and hope for the best. (laughs) So they were just looking for somebody that the audience could relate to that looked like somebody that might they might know from school or from the grocery store Uh, and I fit that bill pretty pretty well (laughs) I wasn't allowed to get in the canon until I'd signed a two-year contract so I literally signed my life away and had no idea what I was signing it up for (laughs) how it was explained because that made me really nervous was well if you're really bad at it like we'll fire you kind of thing so that we can break the contract and I was like okay great (laughs) So I went, and uh, Brian Miser, who's my coach, and then uh, Nadia and Dima were part of my cannon team, and Nadia was my fire, like she would fire the cannon, so she was the voice inside my head, um, and then Dima helped with just everything as her husband. I did high falls, and Miser made me run stairs, because you have to have a strong, strong legs, and... Uh, There was always stairs available because we were in buildings. Normally, a practice would be like four or five shots. Uh, I was doing like eight plus in most of my practices. But it was really intense because another girl had been there for three months already and it hadn't worked out. So what should have taken six months, I did in three. Um, Or I was able to do in three. I don't know. I forced to do in three. It happened in three. (laughs) I get shot, um, and I fly across the arena, 
I'm not connected to anything. I'm not, you know, on wires or safety lines or anything like that. And then I uh, do a half turn onto my back. So it's a lot of force into your body. You just want to get as strong as you possibly can so that you can take that force and use it for propulsion and not to just like be jello and have it like go through you. So you land on a big airbag. It's comfortable. Like it's not, it doesn't hurt when you land if you do it properly. If you do it wrong, yeah, it hurts. But if you do it properly, it's just like jumping on a bed. So my issue from the beginning when I was shooting is I would drop my left shoulder. My left shoulder would drop, so I would end up turning a little bit as I would land. So instead of landing flat, I would land a little bit on my left um, side. It had, it had been kind of off and on for, for a few weeks at that point, and we had been talking about adding extra practices to try and, try and correct it. Um, but it was just... You know, I would have days where it was exciting and fun to do cannon, and then I had days where I realized how crazy I was for getting into a cannon, getting shot 75, you know, feet and, like, 40 feet in the air with no net and nothing underneath me, and that starts to mess with your head sometimes. I got injured in Colorado Springs, which was about six months into the tour. Um, I had been with Ringling about nine months that point. At that point, and uh, I w it was like well over my like 300th shot or something. Like I had done tons and tons of shots by the time I got injured. One day it was a the second show of a three show Saturday. I um, over rotated, so what that means is I went into the bag instead of onto my back. I went in on my feet. So all of the power that's supposed to be spread out across my body went directly into my ankles. Um, and I had taped them both because I had been hitting a little hard, um, which probably saved me from dislocation, is what the doctor said. Um, instead, I landed, and I knew that I had landed really badly. I knew something was wrong. And I was supposed to run the entire length of the arena floor after the shot. And I got up and I'm like looking around and like people help you out of the bag. So I wasn't, I didn't have to put weight on my feet, luckily. I'm like looking around. I'm like, okay, how do I, I can't run. And there was a, a vom door like directly in front of me. So the spotlight goes across the arena and I take off right out that door. And then one of the floor crew guys, John and, and Tony, he knew something was wrong and he was the first one who got to me and was an old acrobat and started pulling off my boots and trying to see what was going on. I went to urgent care and they x-rayed it and everything, um, but it was too swollen to see anything. So the official diagnosis was I tore most of the tendons in my right ankle um, and sprained the left one kind of slightly, but not as bad. But that was it. It was just the just torn tendons. <laughs> So we decided, like Ringling and I decided that it would be best for me to go home and heal uh, with my doctors and my physical therapist, uh, which is what I did. And that was really great. It was nice to be home and not have the stress of traveling and um, having like different doctors each week because you're not going to see the same person. 
it was taking longer than it should have. Um, there's a lot of thought that I maybe should have had surgery on it, um, but the call was made not to originally, and so I didn't. They played St. Louis, and I, my goal was to be back by St. Louis because I really wanted to play my hometown. And I talked my doctor into signing off on my ankle. And I went into the physical therapist, who's a, a friend of mine, and she says, you got the doctor to sign off, so like, there's nothing I can do to stop you, but you're gonna damage it more if you keep, like if you go back now, it's just not fully healed. So I had to make the decision to not play St. Louis, which was like heartbreaking, but long-term it was the right decision. Finally, my, my goal after that was to, to get back in, and I did, I made it back to practice when they were in Chicago and shot a few more times um, because I just didn't want that like mental block of never getting in the cannon again. Ringling is, um, or was, I guess, because it's not around anymore, a big enough name in show business that their model, their like employment model essentially was we can always find a replacement for you. So there was never an idea of like, they won't get rid of me because I'm me. It's like, no, there's like 16 other girls that they're happy to go and, you know, hire and probably pay less than you. So like there was always that looming kind of idea that you could get fired. I knew, I knew it was coming. My costume was already being uh, re like done for the new girl. So I, I like, it wasn't a surprise. And then I rode the train down to Florida and we had the meeting on the train. They just came to my, my room and we're like, okay, like that's it, like sign these papers. And uh, yeah, that's how it, how it went down. Not that I thought there was a chance that they would have kept me on, um, but like I couldn't leave until I had gotten that paperwork and I wasn't gonna get that until Florida. Then I flew back to St. Louis and I quit circus. <laughs> I had gained a lot of weight when I had been injured and before that as well. And Ringling is pretty notorious for uh, how they like their girls to look. Um, so, you know, part of it was injury and part of it was just like my body type wasn't what they wanted. And that was a really hard thing to deal with at 22, to realize, like, you can get fired, essentially, like, not officially, but for how you look. I didn't want to be in a business that that was how things were done, um, but I am. <laughs> Since the beginning, they were um, encouraging me to be a little bit lighter. And in winter quarters, it was really easy to do that because you're just in one place, you have time to work out, you have a lot of food options. Um, it was really easy to shed that weight. Um, but once you're on tour, it's like, you don't always have access to a good grocery store. Like there's not always time to, to work out or to do stuff. Like if you're stuck on a train for three days, it's challenging to, to work out in, in a meaningful way. And I was young and didn't know what I was doing. I did a lot of very unhealthy things to, to get to the way that they wanted me to look.
I said to hell with it all and uh, decided to be a normal person in society. And I got a job being the um, recruitment assistant at the Psychoanalytic Institute of St. Louis. And I um, was a hostess at a sushi restaurant for a while. And I helped um, this headband company. Like I did all these really random jobs um, for about a year. And then one of my friends was opening a flying trapeze rig and needed a girl. I'd never been on a rig before. And he was like, look, I just need a girl to come out and like stand on the board and work the board. Like it's not really circus. Like you're not really getting back into the business. Like just do me this favor kind of thing. Um, And that's how I got pulled back in. Ringling stuck around for another two years after I came off of it, off of it. the, the elephants left the next year, and that was really hard um, to see happen. And then the next year they closed. And I, you know, I feel kind of lucky that I didn't have to to go through that. I was already, I wasn't part of it anymore. But it was really, really, truly devastating to watch. That's like over 600 people we're talking about without a job, essentially overnight. I know a lot of people who are still trying to like recover from that happening to them. I started working again about a year and a half after Ringling. Um, It took me a long time to feel more as confident on stage as I used to um, and to really like get that same pleasure from it. I have a one-woman show that I perform. So it's something that I enjoy. It's something I have a lot of control over. And uh, yeah, so it, 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 it's all about like a bad breakup. And a lot of the emotional stuff that I use in the show is actually from Ringling. It's not from a like romantic relationship, which is kind of funny. I was super young when I went on. I was only 20 and so green, like really so green. And it was an eye-opening experience that I think helped with my like growth a lot as far as becoming more mature. Um, But it also like, you know, did some damage, I guess. If I had to do it over again, I would do things differently. That's for sure. Um, But I'd do it again, which is probably crazy. (laughs) I would stand up for myself, I think, a lot more, just being more assertive about, like, what I was willing to put up with and what I wouldn't put up with, I think, would be the first thing. Biggest thing. to Eliana Hintoff-Killian for talking to us. See You Down the Road is produced by me and Zoe Kinnison. Our executive producer is Circus Talk. 
All of the music you heard in this episode was produced by me in Chicago, Illinois. Special thanks to Peter Buffano and Joy Powers for their help with this series. For more information about Eliana and the people, places, and things you heard about in this episode, check the show notes at circustalk.com slash news. I'm Bill Kinnison. I'll see you down the road. for listening to the Circus Voices podcast. For more circus news, jobs, auditions, and events, go to circustalk.com. Circus Talk is the leading online network for the international circus community. Circus Talk. We give circus a voice.